he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out. What a beautiful thing when we see the church leave the building and bring the love of Jesus Christ to others. And last weekend was absolutely marvelous as we sent you out 300 and or more that we sent out to 15 different sites all the way from a site here on campus as they were preparing care packages for the homeless and there was a prayer team here to going to the neighborhoods right around the church and collecting food items to uh, give to the hungry going to assisted living places just to bring the love of Jesus going to our mission churches one in Detroit one in Pontiac just to help those churches and their ministry to reach their communities as well as cleaning neighborhoods, cleaning a city park. I mean, it goes on and on, a home repair that took place. Indeed, it was a marvelous day and we give glory to God for what he has done. And there are too many stories to share, but I'm very curious, how many of you here participated and went out? Would you just raise your hand for a moment? Thank you so much. God bless you because God worked powerfully through you just because you said, I will serve the Lord. I'll go and do whatever. And by the way, we didn't exactly match you up to what your strengths were or talents were. We just kind of tossed you out there. And there you were serving the Lord in the rain, didn't stop you. And we got the feedback, which I love the feedback. Do you know what the number one response was in the feedback? It was this. When can we do more? I love that. The second response was, I so enjoyed being together with my family of God here at St. John and working side by side. And the third most common response was, it was marvelous knowing that we were serving others. <clears throat> One story I will share with you, it was uh, the site in Rochester where the cleaning of a yard of a couple, a deer couple that uh, many of you know. Roger and Marilyn Miller. Uh, Roger, a, a teacher here years ago, and uh, it was the Crank family who were the leaders of that site, Bob and Amy and Mitchell. Mitchell, actually years ago, Mr. Miller was his teacher, so how awesome for him to be able to go there and to serve. And after the day was done, Roger Miller wrote a poem, and I wanted to share it with you. Here it is. It's called Love in Action. Several cars drove up to my door, carrying rakes, saws, hedge trimmers, and more. Families from St. John with love in their heart, all full of smiles and willing to do their part. I have a fairly big yard with much work to do. They winterized my garden. Thank you. Whole families worked hard, side by side. Their love on their faces they could not hide. My arms and my legs are failing me now. But the work has to be done somehow. It makes me sad that I have to depend on others, but along came love from my sisters and brothers. I'll always remember this rainy day. Friends came to work and not play. People left the building and came out from their pew. All I can say is a humble thank you. And it's signed, Roger R. Miller, October 6, 2018. 
you were willing to go serve. And would you like to do more? Maybe those of you who weren't able to participate that day, I know you too would probably like to do more. And plans are already being made of what we're going to do in the future. So keep your ears open as we're looking at where we can continue to have the church leave the building and serve. But today I want to talk about how you can not only do more, but you can do more with greater impact. And it's through one thing. It is discovering that you are gifted to serve. That's what we heard about in the reading today from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul writing to that congregation. And in verse 4, it said, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Isn't that marvelous? That the Holy Spirit determines which spiritual gifts you would be given. And here's the truth, that every believer, everyone baptized into the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has been enlightened with the gifts of the Holy Spirit given to you by God that you would be able to unwrap those gifts and use them to His glory and for His purposes in this world. So I have a question for you. Do you know what your gifts are? I've been asking that question of some who've actually been in the faith a long time. Do you know what your spiritual gifts are? And many have told me, I really don't know. If you don't know what those gifts are, that's no different than not having those gifts. And if you know what they are and you haven't been using them, that's like a gift given to you and you don't even bother to unwrap it. I mean, how would you feel if you really wanted to give that very special, perfect gift to someone you love. You researched it, you thought about it, you invested in it, and you're very excited to give it to them. You wrap it up, and when you bring it to them and present it, what if they said to you, oh, thanks, and they just kind of set it aside? And what if you came back six months later and there it was, still sitting there, unwrapped? You see, we're talking about a gift that comes from the Holy Spirit, God eternal, who was thinking about you even before the creation of the world, how he would give you specific gifts that you may serve him. So what is a spiritual gift? We're going to take a look at that. There are all kinds. Let me just show you a list of some of the gifts that you find in the Bible. Uh, they're in different places, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter chapter 4. There are even some listed in the Old Testament. And I don't think in any of these lists the writers were trying to list all of the spiritual gifts. They were giving examples to you, but here's just a few. And you notice how varied they are? They are, they have many different types of gifts. So what is a spiritual gift? Well, first of all, it is given to you by the Holy Spirit, and it's given to believers. See, often when we hear this word that someone is gifted in our culture, we think of a very um, amazing talent or ability they have. For example, someone might say, Michael Phelps, who won 28 Olympic gold medals, is very gifted in swimming. I mean, that's the way people talk. Or a student who has a high IQ is a very gifted student. We might even talk about somebody who's very gifted in making cherry pies. By the way, I like those people. 
And uh, so we say they're very gifted. Or somebody's got the gift of gab. That's the gift that goes on and on and on. You're not sure about that one. But see, those are natural talents that either Christians or non-Christians have. No, spiritual gifts were given to you in your baptism, in your salvation, at, that as you were brought to saving faith in Jesus, forgiven of your sins because of the work of Jesus on the cross, you were then also given a gift, at least one gift, but maybe many gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let me give you a definition of spiritual gifts. Gifts of the Spirit are, are the abilities given by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, in our salvation for building and strengthening Christians and extending the influence of the church to non-Christians. And so you were given these gifts by God. I love what Paul wrote, that the Holy Spirit, he distributed them as he determined he wanted to do. Here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There it is again. God, in advance, before you were born, he was already thinking of you, and he created you in Christ Jesus, that you would do certain things. He gave you a purpose. If ever you thought that your life doesn't have much of a purpose, let me say to you, it has great purpose. A purpose that God thought about. I have to be honest, there was a number of years in my household when I wondered, you know, when my kids were teenagers, I wondered, is my whole purpose in life is that I'm the only one that can change out the toilet paper when we run out? Seems like nobody else knew how to do that in my house. But you know what? God has created me for something far greater. He has given me gifts and he's given you gifts as well. In other words, the one who chooses your purpose in life is not you, it is God. He has gifted you to do what he created you to do. He designed you, if you will, that you would fulfill his purpose. And the greatest joy in this adventure that we call the Christian life is to discover who God has made us to be and then to partner with God in his purpose in this world. See, that's what gives fullness to life. That's what gives you joy. That what's, is what makes you want to get up in the morning and say, I get to do what God created me to do today. So you can find out what that purpose is, how he designed you. Now, when I say he designed you, you understand that means he has a certain way that you will use your gifts. For example, you see this pulpit? It's designed to be a pulpit. By the way, this is a great pulpit. It's very nice. It works well. I've got my notes here. Uh, it's really great to preach from. But do you know that this pulpit would make a very lousy bed? If I were to try to sleep in this pulpit, which, by the way, don't you dare try to sleep in the pew, because it wasn't designed for you to sleep, it's designed for you to sit, uh, it wouldn't work well, would it? And I just use that simple illustration to say that I think that many people who try to serve in the church, sometimes they're filling roles that they were never designed to fill. And so it could be a bad experience for you, because you tried to do something God never intended you to do. 
For example, the person with the gift of administration or organization, they might not be the best Sunday school teacher that you can find. You need somebody with a teaching gift or a shepherding gift because the person with administration probably will have the place in order. They'll have the chairs all in the line. They'll have them maybe from the shortest to the tallest, all categorized and ready to go. But do they know how to teach? And you want someone with the gift of mercy who will go into the hospital or to visit the shut-ins and to minister to them, to empathize with them and pray with them. You don't want somebody without the gift of mercy. I mean, could you imagine someone going in there, they have the gift of knowledge, but they don't have any mercy, and they go to the sick person in the hospital and they say, well, stop your whining, just deal with it, get over it. Not very effective. And so it's very important that we discover our gifts. I wonder how many people have had a bad experience serving just because, well, the church needed volunteers and you thought you would step up to it. But it was a bad experience because it wasn't what God created you to do. In truth, when you discover your giftedness, It gives you the courage to say yes to the things that God calls you to do. And it gives you the wisdom and the freedom to say no to the things he never designed you to do. And so you can learn what those gifts are. Now, why is it so important that we discover and use our gifts? Well, it's what Paul wrote, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. He said, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. In other words, we are given gifts in order to benefit those around us. Gifts are not about you. It's not a badge that you wear. It's not that you use your gifts to call attention to yourself. This isn't about you. In other words, God wants us not to be containers that merely receive his gifts. He wants us to be a conduit. You see, containers receive and they don't give. A conduit receives and then gives. There's an inflow of the gifts of God. There's an outflow through serving that takes place. And that's what God wants us to be, to serve others. You will never fulfill your purpose by focusing on yourself. That only happens through serving others others as a matter of fact i've noticed something in life those that discover how they are to serve they're the happiest people i meet and i've also found out that the people focused on themselves they're not very happy i mean for years in my pastoral counseling room i've had many people come in and all they say to me i just want to be happy and what i notice about the people that just want to be happy is they're not very happy It's when we serve. It's when we use our gifts to the glory of God. And we're to receive those gifts in order to give that away to others. To be that conduit of love to the believers. Yes, that we strengthen and we build up the body of Christ. But also that we bring the love of Jesus to those who are outside the walls of this church building. You see, you're a believer because somebody who had received the gospel, shared it with you. It might be your mom, your dad. It might be a pastor, a teacher, a youth leader. It might be a friend or family member. But somebody shared with you the good news. It's been said that the good news, the gospel, came to you on the way to someone else. And you are here for that purpose, to share that love of Christ with others. I want you to make the connection between how God has gifted you 
and he calls you to serve in order that more people will experience the love of Jesus Christ. That happened last weekend especially as you went out to serve. I believe it happened probably in ways greater than you will ever realize. It might only be an eternity that you realize what a difference you made. I do want to tell one story of one of our site leaders. Uh, it's Dietmar Hansen who has a construction business and he decided that he would take one of the home repairs. Now, the home repair was for a grandmother that lives in Pontiac. She's associated with St. Paul Lutheran Church, where I also serve. And this grandmother has a house full of uh, her daughter and son-in-law and grandkids because they're struggling to get back on their feet. And there's one grandson in particular, and I'm not going to use any names because I do want to preserve their privacy, but one grandson, he's in his 20s, and he grew up with a mom and dad who are both drug addicts. As a matter of fact, for years, cocaine, crystal meth, you name it, it's just destroying their lives. And this grandson never had a dad who cared about him. As a matter of fact, the dad was even dangerous to be around, and, and he was never there for this boy growing up. And so here he is struggling to the point where he made some bad decisions. He got into the drugs. And then one day when it got so low, he's living in a cheap motel with his mother who's still a drug addict. When he came to himself and he said, I do not want to end up like my mom and dad. So he called the only person he knew that would be safe enough and care about him. He called his grandmother and he said, can I come live with you? I can tell you this grandmother, one of her gifts is intercessory prayer. And she had been praying for her grandson and she said, of course you can come live with me. Now she didn't have a bed for him to sleep in, but they made room. And now here comes Dietmar. Ready, he's doing the assessment of the home, coming there ahead of time to figure out what can be done on October 6th when the church would leave the building. And in the process of looking at the home, he meets his grandson, and guess what he does? He offers him a job. He said, how would you like to come and work for me? And the boy said, I don't have a, a car. I have no vehicle. I can't drive. Dietmar said, I'll pick you up. And for nearly two weeks now, this boy gets up early in the morning, and then Dietmar picks him up and takes him on the job. And there he's learning this trade. And now the grandmother, I talked to her just a couple of days ago, and she says that since he's begun working with Dietmar, she's hearing nothing but good things from her grandson when he comes home every single day. He said, Mom, already I feel like I have somebody I can talk to who will listen to me. You see, this boy never had a man pour into his life and care about him. And he said to his grandmother, I'm glad, so glad I get to work for that man. He is nothing but nice. <laughs> and I know that it's not just being nice. I know it's Dietmar living out his Christian faith. And he's having a huge impact on the life of this young man merely because Dietmar was willing to use his gifts and serve and do you know it could change the trajectory of this young man's life, not only in this life, in this world, 
but for eternity. And here's what I'm praying for. Oh God, may this young man also come to know his heavenly Father and the love of Jesus Christ. You see, when we use our gifts, we can present the love of Jesus to others. There are those opportunities. It makes a difference. So look around you today at the people. Would you just take a look? Look at the different people. Look, we're different ages, different stages. We're different personalities. Look at one another, would you? We are called the body of Christ. Do you know that the Holy Spirit has determined which gifts to give to you? And he gives different gifts to different people. And we need each other. You need your brothers and sisters. I need you. You need me. That we would use our gifts faithfully to strengthen each other, but also to reach a world separated from God and bring the love of Jesus to them. You want more? Discover your gifts. I tell you, the planning's already in place. We're looking ahead of what more we'll be able to do. But you don't have to wait till then. You can start right now today. And here's the first step. Discover your spiritual gifts. We've, we will give you a tool to use today. It's a spiritual gift survey. And I want you to know that you can go online and get that at our website. You just click on the banner that talks about the church has left the building and find that survey, or you can pick up a paper copy today at Luther Hall. It's there waiting for you. And if you're saying to yourself, you know, we did this a number of years ago. I filled out a survey and nothing ever happened. That's probably because you're waiting for the church to tell you what to do. This isn't about the church telling you what to do. This is about God calling you who has gifted you to serve him. And so would you unwrap the gift of the Holy Spirit and discover your gifts. Take the survey. And then in a couple weeks, we will have revised the serving opportunities either in our church, our community, or our world. It'll be on our website. And I want you to be self-initiated in this. Go look. Discover your gifts. By the way, ask other people if they agree that those are your gifts. And then look for how you can serve according to how God has made you, and watch what he will do. I have a quote of Martin Luther in my notebook for preaching. I've had it there for years that I would like to share with you today, and it says this. And by the way, Luther put this quote over the archway that go, went into his garden at his home, and here's what it says. Let no one abandon the faith that God wants to do great work through you. And indeed, God has it in mind. You are gifted to serve. Will you respond? Will you unwrap that gift and serve in his name? In Jesus' name, amen.